just sitting here talking. You know, uh, I started talking an hour ago. I thought they were on. I don't know. Hey, good morning, everybody. What's happening? Uh, here we are. Once again, broadcasting in the brave new world. What do I mean by that? I don't know. How should I know what I mean? How should I know, Connie? How do I know? Let's see if I can know. Hey, how do I know, Connie? <laughs> hey, everybody. Hold on. I'm trying to balance out the sound. Yeah, it's a little off today. Hold on. Give me a second. That's why... You know what it is? Hey, now. I can't control the music in your mix. It's all on one, so uh. I have a hard time. Uh, with enough of my problems. How about Regis, huh? I know, your neighbor. Feels weird. Uh, by the way, according to my agent, I got many calls from the media once Regis, once it was announced that Regis had died, people wanted my comment. And I was kind of surprised because, I mean, my association with Regis has to do with the fact that we lived in the same building. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, wow, I guess, you know, I, be, I came to be associated with Regis. Um, uh, <laughs> Did you know Regis was close to the end? You want, well, look, to be honest, I had, you know, before COVID, I haven't been back in Manhattan since COVID, but uh, before COVID, I ran into Regis a couple of times in the building. And, you know, I, I would say to my wife, oh boy, you know, Regis really aged. You know, he, uh. all of us, it happened all of Regis. I mean, I would see Regis almost every day and Regis like would, um, by the way, I, I, I loved Regis and I'll tell you why. Regis, great guy. Great guy. Loved Regis. And, uh, I really, yesterday was actually, was talking to my kids and I said, you know, I'm really sad about Regis. I, I really, I, not that I had been speaking to him for the last couple of, uh, like last couple of months. Like but, since you've uh, been out here. Yeah. Yeah. In but, COVID uh, land. I haven't seen him, and it's not like we had some deep relationship, but uh, I don't know. A world with Regis just seemed better. It seemed like Regis was one of those upbeat kind of guys who, I don't know, I guess represented the previous generation. And I always thought the previous generation was much better than my generation, or my selfish generation. And uh, I always feel good when guys like that are around, you know, and he was a na he was in the Navy. And he was a guy who was really into television. I always felt bad for Regis. Like Rodney Dangerfield, Regis got started late in life. He was around. Don't get me wrong. He, after the military, he was like a page for NBC or CBS, one of the networks. And he worked his way up. He got to be Joe. Everyone knows his obituary. He got to be Joey Bishop's sidekick on a show that went up against Johnny Carson for two years. And then he kind of had a career, but it wasn't super successful. But literally, local. he was a yeah. local TV guy. And he always had these local television shows out in California, came to New York in his late 50s to host that morning show. That was a local morning show on TV. And I, I remember his first day so well, because I used to go on that show all the time when it was uh, that uh, the, that other morning show. But anyway, he came to New York. He was already in his late 50s. Was he? I didn't realize he was that old yeah yeah i remember like he's and then the show the regis and kathy lee show didn't go national it was a syndicated national show he was already in his 60s and he died with like 150 million dollars in the bank but the the truth be told i don't think he made a lot of dough i mean he made a living but he didn't make a he didn't make big money like that 
until he got into his um, later years. And I know guys in show business who don't hit it until they're like 50 or 60 always feel a bit bitter. Like Rodney was so talented. Rodney Dangerfield. Don't say everybody. Regis was not bitter. Oh, uh, he was. He, you don't know him the way I do. I, we would you, have you to, figured it out at the elevator. We had to drink a lot of alcohol together in secret. No, 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 no. He was not. A, you're right. You're right. That, that's, a, that's a mischaracterization. He was not a bitter man. But I know it's kind of weird to have it happen so late in life because he had to walk away from his morning show. He got so old, like he could have had another 20 years in him, but he didn't get that opportunity to be a nationally known guy. All right. I'm bitter for him. Fine. Right. See, that's Move your on. thing. <laughs> yeah. I would be upset. I would want to make it when I was young. But um, anyway, my relationship with Regis on a personal level, nothing to do with show business. Uh, because Regis and I didn't have much to do with each other in show business. I used to be a regular guest on the morning show before Regis got there. There was a show. It was hosted by a news guy named Doug. I can't remember his last name. And um, Jerry Delafamina's wife, Judy uh, Licht. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had a morning show, and I used to go on there. And when they got canceled, I remember I went in a military outfit with a truck, and I drove through the set, and I dismantled (laughs) the set. (laughs) And And then I heard Regis Philbin was coming in, and then... I did an appearance or two on Regis's show, but I was such a maniac. I remember going on there. Fred played my wife. And and, uh, Al Rosenberg played my new baby. And we were just being total fucking anarchist assholes on the Regis show. And they never had us back again. Rightly so. I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, we were we were insane. I was insane. I think we, the band may still be in effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows what it was. So Regis and I, we, you know, we didn't really uh, know each other. And I spent years goofing on Kathy Lee and uh, and that whole kind of television and stuff. But Regis was really quite good. He was a doing, great broadcaster. He really was. He was funny and he was light. I mean, he wasn't doing, you know, the the, the crazy crap I was doing, but that was his lane. And um, and he was quite good at it. But, of course, uh, what happened was I moved into Manhattan. I was uh, getting divorced and I needed a place. And there wasn't a place in Manhattan that would uh, sell me an apartment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, what a nightmare. I, I think back. <laughs> this is so crazy. I I had such a. Vile reputation, I guess, or people were so afraid of me. I think they thought I was like worse than a rock star, you know, rock stars who go in and right. like start and create mayhem. So uh, I was told, don't even bother looking for a co-op apartment because you have to go in front of a co-op board. And there isn't a co-op board in New York that's going to approve of you. I go, but, and I felt so, I, I, I was, I felt so violated. I felt it was so unfair because the truth be told, I am the quietest wimpiest neighbor if you know you're if anybody, in bed at six o'clock i'm in bed at six <laughs> o'clock there's no shenanigans and i'm the type of guy especially in my building if i see anything going wrong i report it immediately to the building <laughs> i'm probably the one guy you want in your building that's right i'm quiet i pay my bills i'm conscientious i pay attention to what's going on in the building you know i i and i was like this is not right 
And even my mother was like, listen, you can't, don't go where you're not wanted. I go, well, I can't get an apartment. <laughs> well, I'm not wanted anywhere, Mom. <laughs> so I remember I went looking for apartments and my agent, Don Buckwald, whose opinion I respected ultimately, he was quite good at uh, finding real estate. I, I brought him to a place on the east side. I found a little apartment on the east side, a little uh, what they call pied-a-terre, you know, at the time. And mm-hmm. I was like... Uh, I was like, oh, I got to find a place. And this one's a condo. The difference between co-op and condo, co-op has a committee. It's run by the owners of the building. Condo, they got to let anyone in. The condo doesn't even have like, uh, you know, you want, you got the money, they let you in. Well, I got a call from the real estate broker that uh, the condo was not letting me in. I go, well, how's that possible? <laughs> I thought that couldn't do that. I mean, what? what? I go, I went like this. What? <laughs> what do you mean I, I can't get in? Well, it turns out this particular condo, the guy who built it lives in the building, what, what, what? and he had a special clause put in that states if anyone that he doesn't like is uh, going to buy an apartment, he is entitled to bid $1 higher than whatever <gasps> I would pay. Oh, my goodness. I said, what? The kind of, wait, who's changing the rules? This, what is this, Russia? I mean, what the fuck? What do you mean? What do you mean? What kind of rule is that? And I was like beside myself. I was like, oh, my God, you know, what What am I going to do? This is crazy. So I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to I going to get an attorney. And I'm talking to my mother on the phone and she goes, what's wrong? I go, what do you mean? What? You know, there's always something wrong. Look at this. This is a megaphone has no megaphone not working. <laughs> there's no internal. Look at it. There's no internal. How many you got? No, no, no. There's no there's no mechanism in it. Oh, wow. It just it's fell a, out? It's, it's for show. <laughs> throw, throw this out. Testing. Testing. One, <laughs> two. You don't need a fake me- megaphone. No, I think they wanted to put it up on the bookshelf. So my mother goes, what is wrong? I go, Mom, uh, I, I, that apartment I was going to buy, the, listen to this. The owner uh, has a right to bid a dollar more. To- listen. You don't want to live where someone doesn't want you. No, no, no. I'm getting a lawyer. I'm fighting this thing. You don't need to. Listen, you want to go home. You want to have a peaceful life. You don't want to be around people who don't want you. Forget about it. Don't go there. You don't need the aggravation. Your home should be quiet and peaceful. It's true. Plus, I was, you know newly single and i'm like imagining i'm gonna bring a couple of girls over there like you don't want people throwing things at me while i'm (laughs) trying to get a date (laughs) so anyway um shortly after that i found my apartment and i i i I thought it was pretty cool uh because uh, there were celebrities in the building that kind of made me feel good and one of the celebrities was regis yes regis and joy philbin and i was like hmm Gee, I hope that guy likes me. Like, it would be kind of weird to run into Regis and have, like, a battle going on in my apartment. <laughs> you know, you never know when you're me. So I was like, oh, shit. But uh, I, rem- I don't remember exactly when, but I ran into Regis. And there he was, like the guy from television. He'd be standing there and he goes, Howard, Howard, it's me, it's Reg, Regis. <laughs> I go, Regis, and he comes up to me, a big, warm uh, welcome handshake, 
Uh, how you doing, Howard? You doing great. You're going out there. I saw you on Letterman the other night. You were terrific. I go, thank you, Regis. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing a great job. And whenever, you know, whenever I would see Regis in the uh, hall or in the uh, elevator or in the lobby, uh, he was always so up. You, hey, you're on America's Got Talent. Joy and I were watching you. Do you know I was the first host of that? Regis was the first host of that. I go, <laughs> you know, I didn't know that, Regis. That's a, you're doing a great job. Terrific. We love you on it. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. That's you know, always, what he was always like. Yeah, whenever he, go, he met you, whether it was in the street, yeah. at a function, that was Regis. Well, I mean... Uh, this Regis, uh, everybody loved him. And, and so, uh, you know, you'd go, I'd go down in my elevator. And, and as soon as you went in the lobby, if Regis was there, Joy would um, be like packing the car or something. Regis would be holding court in the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the lobby. And Regis would stand there, you know, in the lobby. And um, uh, the doormen all loved him. Everyone loved Regis. Yeah. I'm telling you, and you'd be like, Hey, I got, you know, he's telling story. I would get off the elevator. I'd hear, I knew Regis was there and I'd get excited because it was always fun to see Regis because Regis would stop whatever he was doing. And when I say whatever he was doing, sometimes he would stand out in front of the building and whoever walked by wanted a picture with Regis. Regis would stand there and pose for pictures with people. That's how, I mean, the guy was very likable and generous and in a good mood all the time. I never saw the guy in a bad mood. And then I remember one time, there's a gym right next door to our building. And I see Regis hang, like walking into the building and he's got on short shorts, like Richard Simmons short shorts <laughs> and a tank top. You know, oh my Regis, God. Yeah, a tank top, you know, with the hairy chest and the <laughs> and he goes, look at me. I go, I, I'm looking. It's unbelievable, Regis. He goes, can you believe what shape I'm in? Look, and he, and he starts making muscles and. You know, I mean, the guy was always in a good mood. And you know me, yeah. I'm so miserable. I would walk in, even sometimes, I'll, I'll confess now, I'd see Regis was there and I'd be like, oh, let me see if I could just walk past him quickly because I'd be in a shitty mood. <laughs> you know me, I'm always miserable. And it, and it didn't matter. I'd be walking in real big. Howard, Howard, come over here. Come here. We were just talking about you. We saw you on, uh, you know, whatever it was. Always saw you somewhere. Always saw me somewhere. <laughs> and then you had to be instantly in a good mood when you saw Regis. And, um, Terrific guy. There was a time where, uh, <laughs> so when I first moved in, I was feeling pretty out of it. I was, uh, you know, I don't know what it was, but Regis was unbelievable. He goes, uh, hey, I hear you doing work on your apartment. <laughs> and I go, uh, you know, by the way, whatever your business was, he seemed to know about it. I oh guess because he talked goodness. to the Anything doorman. that happened in your apartment, he knew. <laughs> he, he, he knew, you know, he knew and... Uh, and he's like the mayor over there. So I, I, I go, uh, yeah, Regis. So he goes, what are you doing? What are you doing in your apartment? I go, you know, Regis, I never got to design an apartment on my own before. I was always married. And this. And he goes, oh, that sounds great. Uh, he goes, you want to see what I... He was so proud. They had just renovated their apartment, Joy and uh, Regis. You want to come up? See what I did? I go... Really? I, you know, I said, gee, this guy wants me in his apartment. Very few celebrities have ever <laughs> invited you in. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah, yeah, like, honestly, I mean, no celebrities, I think, that ever. I mean, the only celebrity I could think of that invited me into his apartment was John Bon Jovi. 
for some reason, John and I had run into each other on the street and he took me up there and he wanted to show me his apartment. But, but Regis says, come on up and, and see what I'm doing. And I remember I went in and you could tell Joy, who has impeccable taste, she had to decorate. It was the most feminine apartment. Right. <laughs> you know, I was going the whole opposite way. I was building a sex palace. <laughs> you know what I mean? For a bachelor pad. You know, I put like a hot tub in my apartment. The whole apartment was a hot tub. But uh, hot but tub Regis, and a bed. You were good. You were yeah, going I had a big. I had a big bed and a hot tub. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But anyway, I was envisioning a lot more action than I received. But, uh, you know, and, and back in those days, I was very paranoid when somebody would invite me to their apartment, especially a famous celebrity. I, I thought maybe it was a trap to kill me. You know, I had to be on guard. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's weird. You know, my entire life I've lived where I wasn't wanted. You know, my childhood was in a neighborhood where I wasn't wanted. And here I was in a building and finally somebody wanted me. It was Regis. <laughs> And uh, Regis and I spent some time in his apartment. He gave me a full tour. It was a beautiful apartment. They had decorated it impeccably. And, uh, you know, he was just so kind. And, um, I mean, he treated me like he a human being. He loved show business. Yeah. He loved being famous. And he when loved I heard he, everything about it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking, gee, there were so many times I, I saw Regis. I should have, like, you know asked him advice or maybe asked him what certain situations were like for him. I never really thought to do that because I'm generally a closed off human being who has deep emotional problems. So, uh, I mean, I could have probably, you know, I think he was open to having something more with me, but whatever it was, we had this lobby relationship, elevator slash lobby relationship. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he taught me a lot about, how to have a quick relationship with somebody because, you know, he was always very aware that I had done an appearance. And, and then when I would see him, I go, hey, Regis, I saw you on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I'd start talking <laughs> like him, you know. <laughs> but um, he was a, a really lovely man, from what I can tell, in the lobby. And we had some really good laughs together. I mean, we really did. And um, when I heard the news yesterday that he had died, I, I sat down, I composed an email to Joy. I wanted her to know how I felt about him and how uh, sorry I was that he died. But I really, you know, they said he was about to turn 89. And I thought, gee, I figured Regis would live to like 104. He'd be one of those guys. Well, but you know, I thought he should have been older. Yeah, right. Yeah, I thought me too. Like, he, you would think he would have died like in his 90 90s. something. Yeah. But um, the last couple of times I saw him, I went, oh, wow. You know, Regis always appeared so youthful. And yeah. then he was a... He was honestly a little bit, um, he'd lost a step. He uh, wasn't as um, outgoing. Like I go, hey, Regis. You know, I'd see him in the lobby the last, I'd say the last three or four times. Hey, Regis, how you doing? Oh, hey, Howard. You know, like like kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. What are you saying? I even said to Beth, I go, hey, Regis, you know, he seemed old to me. And he seemed, he seemed a little bit worn out. And I got sad. I liked the guy. And I always loved seeing him in the building. Made me feel good. Made me feel and like, Joy hey. was great too. I mean, she's still here. Yeah, but, Joy. You know, she was. She was a great partner to him. They they both yeah. love their life. Yeah, Joy. Would the, the two of them were always? It seemed like they had a real good marriage too. Yeah. Who knows? You know, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. But no, seriously, I mean, I'm a big Yenta. From what I could tell, they had a pretty great relationship. And I don't know. 
But uh, he was a great neighbor. I never got to ask him what he thought of the Halloween decorations in the lobby. I think he was against <laughs> it. I'm a, oh, there's one of your cats, Robin. What? There's one of your cats. Oh, my goodness. Where? Right, right behind you. Unless you're growing your tail. Oh, my goodness. Hello there. Who is that? <laughs> that is uh, Shaka. Um, the door that won't close. Yeah, but that's kind of cute. It makes you more relatable. Makes you, like, <laughs> makes you human as opposed to the goddess you are. <laughs> but um, yeah, Regis, uh, I could do a little, ob- let's do a little obituary for Regis. For the, the, let's, you know, uh, career-wise, um, I would say, you know, he's known for that morning show, but also Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was crazy. Uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was a, you know, everyone's saying ABC milked the fuck out of it and ruined it. I have to agree with that. I mean, they put it yeah, on too it much. Yeah, it started, it was blockbuster good uh, in the ratings with one show a week. And then the next thing you know, it was on almost every night. Yeah, here's a funny memory. And this involves Robin. So uh, Robin was on Celebrity Edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And uh, she, we, we, dis- we devised a plan that she should bring a lifeline with her. <laughs> and who did Robin bring as her lifeline? Because you were allowed to have a lifeline in the audience or a friend. Um, Matt, remember Matt McGrory? We, he was the original Bigfoot on our show. He was seven foot, seven, what was he? Seven, seven oh, and a I half feet tall. Remember. Like He might have been seven the and a half feet tall. in the world. Yeah, and he had this booming voice. <laughs> so like we, I said to Robin. I saying he was my love interest? Yeah, you said your boyfriend. <laughs> So imagine Robin's on the celebrity edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And it's a huge show. Like, I mean, millions of people. Like, they say 30 million people used to watch that. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, nowadays, you can't get 30 million people to watch anything unless it's a Super Bowl. But that's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the show was wildly popular. In fact, um, you could say they went ABC went to game shows and stuff because of Regis and reality shows. Because they were cheaply made and they got big audiences. And Regis was the biggest star on ABC between the morning show and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It was the highest rated primetime game show in television history hosted by Regis. And I'll tell you what, thinking back on it, I think Regis had a lot to do with the success of that show. Yeah, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong. But Regis had a very calming effect. He also stuck to the game. I can't stand game he shows. He was so sympathetic to uh, yeah. the players. Yeah, that it was also nice. worked. So when Robin was going on, I go, Robin, you got to say your boyfriend is here with you. And Bigfoot, <laughs> when you saw Bigfoot, I mean, it was like singing Harmon Munster. Like he would go, woo. You know, this was like, woo. You know, it, it was startling. The, big, the original Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Isn't that Bigfoot isn't with us anymore. No, he's dead. So I can say this now. But when you saw him, you were like, oh, my God. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so Robin goes on with a straight face and says, I brought my boyfriend with me, Regis. Uh, this is Matt. And, they, and they, they cut to him in the audience. And this was a seven-foot <laughs> guy. <laughs> and they go, oh, uh, hi, uh, hi, Matt. And he goes, hmm, <laughs> Here, I'll play a clip from there. Got Bigfoot standing there, uh, sitting there right behind. Looks yes, like he's standing, yes, but he's sitting intended. right there. Bigfoot. Bigfoot? <laughs> nice to see you. And Twenty-nine and a half inch foot, Regis. And then he decided he was a. So you can imagine the cock on him, Robert. <laughs> Twenty. What was it? Twenty-nine. Then. Nine and a half inch, oh or something. 
bouncer in a bar in Philly. Yeah, and he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move to Los Angeles and become an actor. And then what happened, Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> then uh, I went out, and I started doing a couple of movie roles, and uh, now apparently I'm engaged to Robin. I wasn't aware of that. And, uh, <laughs> he was a nice guy, Bigfoot. He was. Apparently I got engaged to Robin. And let me tell you something, she's a big pain in the earth. I mean, it's great being with a celebrity, but he is a In fact, uh... Bigfoot's big acting claim to fame, anyway. He was in Tim Burton's Big Fish, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Robin's fiance. Whatever happened to that marriage? I guess it got dissolved. I guess we never got to the altar. Right. <laughs> that was so great. I was. I had so much happiness when I turned on Robin's appearance on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and her fiance was there. Bigfoot. <laughs> Hello, Bigfoot. Um... Let's see. What else could I say about Regis? I told you we lived in the same apartment building. Oh, here's Regis on TV with, uh, I guess, Kathy Lee. or Yeah, I guess it was Kathy. Oh, no, he was with Kelly Ripa at that point. Um, he was on with Kelly Ripa, and he was describing it from his end that I now lived in his building. Uh, Which, by the way, yeah. I wasn't looking to announce that. You know, I figured I, I should keep <laughs> yeah, that quiet. Everybody knew where Regis lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Howard Stern lives in the building, and so... Mm -hmm. Uh, one day we were in the elevator and uh, he was working on his and I had finished mine. And, and so he, he said, where do you live? I said, on, the, on this floor. And he said, he wanted to see the apartment is what he wanted. you know. Yeah. So I said, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Good, good for you, Reach. So I showed him around my place. Yes. He reminded me that Joy's bathroom, much bigger than mine. Ah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Howard said, you got screwed. <laughs> Yeah, but every time I go in that bathroom, I think, he's right. <laughs> yeah, I was looking around, I go, dude, could have given yourself a little bigger bathroom if you're doing a whole renovation. Yeah, I thought you worked on this together. Yeah. In my mind, I remembered the story that Regis said, hey, come on up and see my apartment. But maybe he's right. I don't know. I mean, I my memory is kind Did of shot. you ask to go see his apartment? I can't imagine that I would be like, hey, Regis, show me your apartment. You know me. I'm not the... Uh, yeah, it seems know. odd. Yeah. I think Regis really was anxious for me to see his apartment for what I remembered, but whatever. Let's not quibble. The man just died. Well, who are you going to quibble with? I mean, Regis is the only one who knows. <laughs> By the way, they said he died of a heart attack or... Heart failure, but I guess that's the same thing. But and that he had uh, some kind of history of heart problems. Well, you know, but, he did go off the show one time because he had to have open heart surgery. Yeah. Well, right away I said to Beth, "Bet you it was COVID." Beth goes, "You think?" Because Beth thinks the same way. We think everyone who dies now it's COVID nineteen. I know. I'm sick of these people not dying of COVID. You know, they don't say right. it's COVID. I want people to say it's COVID so we know what's going on. It's important, but I think some people are ashamed to say someone has COVID, and I don't know why. It's not like a well, STD. Well, it's interesting because I read a story about a woman whose husband, when she got the death certificate, Shame. it said he died of COVID, and she was like, I didn't know that. Wow. And she was very upset. She's trying to get it taken off the certificate. Because they tested him. He, he was rushed to the hospital with some breathing problems. And then he died and they tested mm -hmm. him after.
And right. it turned out he had COVID, and she doesn't like that it's on his death certificate. Well, I had a whole discussion with Beth about it. I go, I bet you Regis died of COVID. And she goes, yeah, probably. Wonder why they're not saying it. Now we had it as fact. And then I said, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I said, and if he didn't die of COVID, it was COVID related because he probably had an appointment with his heart doctor, but he was afraid to go. And now Regis is gone. So I have I have two scenarios going on in my head. Where about Regis, Regis was killed by COVID. Yes, yeah, because I don't I believe Regis should have lived another 10, 15, 20 years. He should have lived to like he should have been like the world's oldest man, Regis. It was interesting because there are also some young people who have died. Right. And I think they died of COVID, too. Me, too. Even if they get hit by a car. 30-year-old or 20-year-old just die suddenly, and you go, it's natural causes. Get out yeah, of here. They go, oh, this guy died because he got hit by a car. I go, no, he didn't. He learned he had COVID, and he ran in front of the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, this is another highlight. When Regis um, announced he was moving out of that show live with Regis and Kelly, I was on Letterman right after that, and he told Dave that I was convinced ABC fired. Here's what happened. I was on the David Letterman show, and I said to Dave, I know why Regis got fired. Now, whenever I talked about Regis, people think I know because I live in the same building with him. Yeah. Think about how absurd that is. It's not like I live with the guy. He's just on a different floor. It's like floor. You're ta- Regis is confiding in you. So, you know, I'm out of my mind, and I always want to be good on the Letterman show. So I told Dave, I'll tell you why Regis got fired. And Dave went, Regis got fired? I go, that's right. I go, he was arguing over money. They weren't stepping up. The guy's making a fortune for ABC. And so he left. And so the next day, Regis comes on and he goes, yeah, I was sitting home watching Howard Stark. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> and this is what he said about what I said. Regis never asked for any more money. Regis never had the chance. Believe me, you don't know. And neither does Howard. Then you shouldn't have told him that. I didn't tell him that. I haven't seen him. Oh, yes, you did. No, I haven't. You floated that out there. No, no, no. But he. Oh my God, it was so funny. Oh, he's got so much to say about everybody. <laughs> so much. He's right about that. Yeah, I think I ran into Regis in the lobby after that. He goes, why are you telling everyone it was over money? And I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> what an energy on this guy. What a life force. I mean, the guy really, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, having seen him off camera, mostly, uh, you know, I never really watched the show because I was working. But 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 having seen him off camera, he had that kind of energy all day he long. Was the same. Yeah, the same. Um, here's a, a nice little thing. Jimmy Fallon does a great impression of Regis, you know, with the with the yelling and the whole thing. And uh, this is a clip from the Conan O'Brien show where Jimmy Fallon was doing Regis. And he actually gave Gary Delabiti, Delabate Bababui, a shout out during his oh. impression. Yeah. Here we go. He gets excited about everything, Regis. That's his like, secret. He gets, yeah. We went to a big party last night. Everybody was there. I want a name drop. Valerie Harper was there. <laughs> Alan Alda said hi to him. Howard Stern, Baba Cluey was there. You gotta love Baba Cluey. <laughs> Baba Cluey was there. I don't know. He's from Howard Stern. Ah, Baba Cluey. <laughs> Baba Cluey. <laughs> Baba Cluey was there. Um, 
By the way, I should also mention Regis was David Letterman's most frequent guest. He was on Letterman he, 136 Letterman times. Letterman loved Regis, yeah. Yeah. Letterman yesterday tweeted out that Regis was his favorite, his best guest, which upset me. But okay. okay. Well, he'll say that after you die, too. You I, think, uh, I think it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he said um, once Regis left television, Dave said that he lost interest in tel- being on television. You believe that? I didn't know. I, I, I Dave, for real? No, that to be true. Yeah, that's great. But anyway, here's Regis on Letterman. Uh, oh, this is pretty good. So the rumor was out there that Regis and Kelly Ripa didn't get along, and this is um, Regis on the Letterman show. This is why. I guess. I guess. This is why Regis was his favorite guest. People say that there's trouble. There's no trouble. Well, I, I hear and I read and people tell me, oh, oh did this and that and this Absolutely. and that. She couldn't be happier. Really. And how about you? <laughs> <laughs> me, I just plod along. You know what I yeah. mean? Who's ever there is there. Well, now, with all due respect. She's great. And let me tell you something. What happened the last time she was here. Oh, she's beautiful, by the way. Yeah, she is. Oh, she's lovely. Very attractive. Mm-hmm. And that's every morning. Mm-hmm. That's what I get. Good what do you, you get? Anyway. <laughs> listen to me. The last time she was here, yeah. I was supposed to drive her away. Oh, and that's it, right. In the, in remember the, that yeah, last yeah, time? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it began to rain. It's raining outside, sure. It began to rain. And all of a sudden, Regis is out there with a top down on a convertible getting soaked in this rain. Oh, my God. And you two are sitting in there, yeah. and I heard you say to her, yeah. let's just sit here, Kelly, and see how long it takes him <laughs> to get mad. Remember that? Yeah. I came in drenched. I was out there like, like a farm animal in the rain. <laughs> like a farm animal. Like a farm animal. <laughs> In the rain, you poor thing. That's pretty good appearance. Yes, it that's is. A real, that's good. Top notch. Letterman's right. Regis is real good. He's a good guest. The other thing that's uh, great, in fact, uh, Jimmy Kimmel tweeted this out. He he said, you know, gee, I hope, uh, I know Jimmy doesn't believe in heaven, but uh, he said, I hope there's a heaven and Don Rickles is waiting there. Don Rickles and Regis used to go on tour together. I think Regis really? would sing. Yeah, they had. Don't you remember that? They'd always, they had a tour. They would do live dates. I never knew that he worked with Don Rickles. I knew he yeah. had that Fakakta show. No, he had go, that. He what had, does Regis do? I know Regis <laughs> sings. Evidently, Regis would sing, and Don Rickles would then go out and do comedy. But they would tour together, and they were on Letterman together one time, and they talked about what it was like to be backstage when Don Rickles and uh, Regis Philbin worked together. And here it is. But Don, you and uh, Regis have worked together. That must be a blockbuster it's of a so show. It's so great. I, I mean, he comes out and just knocks the audience dead. I mean, the old people start spitting up instead of applauding. <laughs> did you did you know Don early in his career, Regis? You know, uh, we met in the late 50s. Mm-hmm. And this is the old-fashioned show business that you'll never know. You understand? Right. Because you're a TV guy and that's it. <laughs> well, when you go out on the road. <laughs> and that's it. But when we go out on the road, what we do is we meet in Don's dressing room because, oh, he always has the big dressing room. But I get a little cracked. No, no, I can't. So I go in there, and here's what we do. We take off our pants. Whoa! <laughs> we take off our pants and we hang them up. Because when you go out to entertain, it's got to be the crease. You understand? So then we get little robes. Actually, there's one bathrobe for him and a towel for me. 
And we sit there and we talk about the old days. And we enjoy it. Yeah, I bet you do. I've heard that. We have a good time. <laughs> That's right. Don Rickles at the Twin River Casino in Lincoln, Rhode Island. And what about uh, Regis? Doesn't, isn't Regis, he appearing somewhere? June 23rd. Regis will be, oh, crap. It's a mitzvah hall in the Bronx. That's right. That's no, wait be. a minute. Yeah. <laughs> There was something great about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Regis was a singer, too, which, you know, I probably shouldn't well, even really bring up. he really wasn't. No, he was but no he singer. <laughs> Goodbye to good times. Goodbye to good times, Regis. Hello to pain. You're not oh. kidding. All my good loving. You rest in peace, Regis. Gone down the drain. Good man. But you'll be sorry. And Regis, thank you, you for welcoming me, me so into my bad. building and being such a nice guy. You're gonna miss me. The best thing you ever had. I am gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss the him in the and uh, my condolences to Joy, his wife, who's always very lovely yeah. to me also. Because they were, like, attached at the hip. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. He even sang Baby It's Cold Outside with uh, his wife, Joy. But um, isn't that song, now you're not supposed to sing that anymore? It's bad. It's supposed uh, to be politically incorrect, yeah. Right. It's a little rapey. Baby, it's cold outside. Let me out the door, you motherfucker. No, just come on, take another drink. <laughs> you know, it's something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's words. basically it. Yeah. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been open. You can get out the fucking door. <laughs> Baby, take this little pill I put in your drink. <laughs> uh, anyway, rest in peace, Regis. I uh, I was very um, sad to to yeah. see that he had passed. I had a lot of nice conversations with him. I'll be in front of like four doormen and various people walking by. <laughs> He actually got Letterman to go to dinner or something, which is evidently a rare feat. Like, um, I think yeah, one I think time it was more than once. Yeah, I think um, Regis convinced Letterman to go to dinner. And uh, I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but just the idea that you get Letterman to get out of his house is. Yeah, pretty That's incredible. How much he liked Regis. He left yeah. the house for him. See, I always thought. And I should ask Dave about this. I think I did in one of my interviews with Dave, but I always thought Dave was goofing on Regis that I know he you didn't used to say that. In fact, and I feel Dave liked when Regis filled in for him because Dave didn't want somebody overly dynamic who was going to sit there and compete with him and all that. And Regis was a safe space for Dave. But I but of course, Dave must have loved Regis because he wouldn't have had him on 123 times. No, he, he was a regular on that show. Always had mm. him on. Anyway. I mean, I could go on and on. Regis was nominated for 21 daytime Emmy, Emmys. Uh, he won four of them. And he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most time spent in front of a television camera. And uh, it says here over 16,000 hours on the air. Wow. I feel like I've How done that. How did Guinness figure that out? I don't know. I got to figure. I've, 
Get someone ought to add up all the hours. That cat of yours, it's, I, I, I'm so surprised you like those hairless cats. It's that's a, not an hairless. Oh, <laughs> that's not hairless? It looks hairless no, to me. Oh, they're short-haired. Oh. <laughs> I thought you have hairless cats. I have no hairless cats. I have oh. a Cornish Rex, which is as close to right. hairless with, uh, with still having hair. All right. Take it easy. <laughs> Don't Calm down my, over there. Don't call my cats hairless. All right. You can anyway. a cat while you're uh, sitting there because they're all over the place in here. They're to it in here. No, I'm, I'm, we're, we don't let the cats down in the basement. There's too much. Uh, I don't weird. usually let the cats in this room, but the there's some kind of problem with the door right now, and they can just push it open. Yeah, I have my house is falling apart because uh, we won't have anybody in to fix anything. <laughs> so, like, um, it, the, the, there's a room in my house where I have shades, you know, in my yeah. office, and one of the shades broke. So now they're just down all the time. Like I haven't seen the outside. It's like <laughs> you can't, you can't raise the shades. No, <laughs> they're on this electric thing, and they um, they're tied on with these strings, and the strings broke, and it's just. Whatever breaks, breaks, you know. I mean, if it's something like a washing machine, then we got to get it fixed. But if it's something well, non-essential like a shade, it's like, fuck it. You can live with that. Can but live without yesterday, it. I heard the sound of an animal in my fireplace. Oh, yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. And I was like, and even the cats were Ooh. like, what's what's in there? And um, so I had to call Captain Dennis to come look at the fireplace, but only on the outside. Right. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't let him in. in. <laughs> right. So what do you have to do? Get a ladder and climb up into the uh, roof? No, because he could see that the we have screens up there to make sure no birds and stuff can get in. Right. And he could see that that was all intact. And it seems like whatever it was could come and go. Right. So in other words, it was probably landing on the screen. It was making a lot of noise. Yeah, and yeah. then would go fly away, but then it came back. Right. And I thought, oh, no, it's really stuck in there. And uh, then it disappeared and the noise didn't come back. So I imagined that they could come and go as they pleased. But I was a wor I was worried that we were going to have to dismantle the chimney <laughs> and get something out of there. I had heard that all the rats that live at Mehmet's apartment were on vacation and went to your house for the summer, <laughs> and uh, they were trying to get in. It was almost like that because there was a little squeaking noise, but I didn't hear any scratching. When you talk to your cats, do you change your voice? Of course. I talk yeah. baby talk to them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I go, Walter boy, come here, good boy. You're a good boy. You know, I have a, a whole thing. You know, this is unbelievable. I'm so not a man. I'm so... What do you mean? I'm, I have such a vagina that uh, I didn't even know baseball had started up again because Gary oh. was explaining to me and John Hine was explaining to me and Will was explaining to me. Oh, my God, thank God, baseball started up again, of course, without an audience. They were in a thank God mode. I wondered yeah. how they were feeling about this. And I go, like, how long Vagina does that game... Pussy. Vagina pussy, right? I go, how, how, I mean, how long did one of those games last, you know? And they're like, three hours. I go, geez. Three hours. I can't invest three hours and sit in front of the TV. You know, I mean, did I watch um, did I watch uh, Kissing Booth 2? Fuck yeah. I, I love that <laughs> stuff. So I'm a very I'm very feminine in my tastes for entertainment. I know it. Yes. 
Uh, I mean, I love that you do love those John killing Wick movies. type movies. That's the lo- only thing that says maybe you're a man. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like, I love revenge movies. But to me, that says I'm even more of a woman than, you know, because I'm living vicariously through men because I would like to beat up men. And I can't. <laughs> I've never won any fights, actual fights. I always end up getting beaten up. Oh, dear. So I watch boxing and and um the the uh the wrestle not the wrestling but the MMA ultimate fighting and ultimate MMA. fighting yeah is it MMA yeah I watch that all the time uh and I watch it because I like to see other men who are masculine and can beat up other men <laughs> I would like to have that ability if I had my life to live over again I would start kung fu at the age of two so that by the time I was twelve I could be a kung fu master uh. I'm very upset that I didn't take kung fu. I mean, my parents did take me to a yeah, karate you were pretty class. Pretty young, weren't you? I was very young. I was like seven when they took me to a um, place in Hempstead, Long Island. It was a bunch of Korean dudes who studied some kind of Korean karate, and uh, it freaked me out. I, I was a big puss. I went. My parents took me, and I saw these kids. They they did a demo. The kids were all doing somersaults and flying through the air, and I go, "I'm going to break my fucking neck." <laughs> And then this old Korean guy who didn't even speak English, he was just like, you, 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 come here. And he gets me over there. And then he started yelling at me, pointing to my toenails that they were too long and that I would cut someone in the class. You cut toenail, cut toenail, cut toenail. Because I didn't ever cut my toenails. My feet were filthy, too. Oh, dear. My mother goes, why, do, why didn't you tell me your feet were filthy? <laughs> I go, what do you mean, tell you? You're a mom. You're supposed to know this shit. You're supposed to cut my toenails. I'm a, bo- a little boy. Yeah, toenails go all ragged. So I, you know, I went to the karate class. I freaked out that all the kids were super great athletes. What a dumb marketing move. Like, don't put your best students at the karate class all flying through the air like fucking uh, Batman. And I'm like, I'm just a regular douchebag. I can't do that. I'm going to hurt myself and embarrass myself in front of these kids. And then the Korean guy, he said, go ahead. You flip. You flip me. You flip me. I go, what do you mean flip you? You just flip me. And then like what? He had me turn my shoulder and he just like jumped over my back. Right. Like I flipped him (laughs) to get me to sign up for lessons. And I never did like a fucking dickhead, man. Because those Koreans are the best at karate. According to Chuck Norris, they can fucking fuck you up with their with their elbow. They don't need <laughs> or beat you with their foot. Koreans, evidently, their form of karate is vicious. It's There's the no best, rules. Huh? It's the best. Chuck Norris told me. He said, I went over to North Korea and, or whatever, South, whatever Korea there was at that time. And he, he did hand-to-hand combat with some of these motherfuckers. He said, they're tough. I blew it. I blew it in life because I would love to beat the shit out of someone. Like uh, well, I see Joe the, Rogan. That's the second thing. So you yeah. didn't take karate and you didn't learn to play the guitar. Yeah, yeah. I see Joe. Yeah, I would have just spent my childhood in my room practicing karate and you know punching walls and practicing the guitar, and 